hello everybody, David Donaldson here with another episode of Entrepreneurial Impact, joined by my compatriot, Joseph Martin. And we're here today to talk to you in more detail about storytelling. Now, we recently, in the not so distant past, had Kendra Hall here in a, and talked to our, our leadership team and our agents about storytelling. She wrote a great book, Stories That Stick. And we've been going through it in a little bit more deeper detail recently to looking at how do we actually apply it. It's one thing to have somebody in person and get everybody rah rah up and talk to an audience. Everybody go, this is awesome, I'm gonna do this. Yes, I'm gonna take this home. And what happens when they get back? Nothing happens. Which is, well, it's it's understandable, right? Because it's hard because you really need to have above and beyond being worked up and motivated. You gotta have something that you could actually be tangible and take action with. So what we're looking at now in, in this today's episode is kind of in, in support of that mission is the how to, what to, what to look for, how do I do it, and what's the structure around providing stories that actually matter to the people in my business or that I hope to attract to my business or the consumers that might use me in my field of business. Yeah, I think like there's a couple components to like why this storytelling initiative like I believe is so important. So yeah, we we brought in Kendra Hall as a guest speaker because we're one of the big things that most companies have. Entrepreneur, large business, small business, whatever it may be, is that they have a hard time telling compelling stories, right? Yeah. The typical pitch is like, hey, look at all my features, right? I'm the cheapest thing uh, that you could ever buy. And like, here's the price per unit. And uh, we've got massive scale and we've got market share and we've got this fat widget and that widget and blah, blah, blah. Some of the best widgets on the market. Right, exactly. And I, what happens is, is like logically that makes sense, right? Like if you sit down and say like, hey, look at all these things and offerings that we have, like why wouldn't you choose us, right? Like that's actually usually what happens because that's an easy linear path. Right. Whereas if you look at, I think we need to start with like the human brain and how it like makes decisions, right? There's actually two different pieces of your brain that are at work when you're processing information and making choices. So the one part of your brain that's processing all the details and uh, co- I wouldn't say co- just the complexity is not the part of the brain that actually makes decisions. The part of the brain that makes decisions is basically picking up on concepts, large scale things. What does our gut feeling come to and how do they feel about it? Here, case in point, have you ever seen somebody, Dave, go, I don't feel good about this decision, but I'm going to do it anyway. Nine times out of 10, that doesn't happen, right? right? So what happens is when we get into like details and widgets and features and functionality, that's a, that's a detail-oriented thing. It's a different part of the brain, and you're processing what's all the logical things behind it. But if you don't address like the how I feel about it, what's the emotion, how do I connect, this is the example of those of you who have ridden like a bus or a train or you've been driving and you've ever listened to like a podcast or some type of talk or you're in a conversation with somebody and you totally like lose track of time. And all of a sudden you're like, oh man, I just missed two of my exits and I got to circle back on it. I know I've done, I've done this with podcasts. It's because you get so embraced in the story of what someone's sharing that you've aligned with it. And that's what you're actually trying to do is create a memory because somebody actually sees, oh, here was the story. Oh, and that's how this thing aligns to it. So if you can't align to it, if your customer can't align to it, they're not going to remember what you stand for, what your value is. So you actually have to tie to a memory that people can pull back from, uh, you know, in their past. Yeah. So you're, you're connecting with them emotionally so they don't have to be fact-based learning, right? Because fact-based learning creates stress. 
then they start focusing the does it check the boxes we want them to live in an emotional world of where they can picture themselves they can feel what your storing is telling you're connecting with them verbally through the details right and emotionally and they don't default to what yeah. what that might determine is some common sense thing 100% and i like let's put it this way those of you who read the 5 second rule is that the less thinking you do, the better to move forward on stuff, that the more thinking you do, the more details you pull out, and then you just overthink and you come into analysis paralysis. Yeah. This is what happens when we go into functionality and features when you're trying to sell a product that people eventually sit down and they go, well, what's the difference between all these different products? Then you're getting into this tick for tack conversation yeah. and then the person never makes a decision because you've overwhelmed them with that as opposed to saying like, what is the value of this product? Like what is, so what's the goal and this product, like let's think about sales. Sales is filling a gap. Is that the customer has a gap in value in their life or whatever it may be. My product is actually gonna fulfill and seal that gap. But we have to share with the person as how their life changes or how they're impacted, how they feel about the solution of a new normal, right? Yeah, exactly right. So you first, you have, you have to ask questions and listen. Right, because you can't just kind of bulldoze in. It's like I'm going to tell you a story, right? Because your story's got to connect with them, and in order for it to connect with them, you actually need a couple of different stories to know which lever to pull to connect with them emotionally. Like some people are going to come into a conversation with you, and if you don't know what their personality type is, they may already be very closed off with you and be in that fake fact-based mindset from jump. So you kind of have to break that down. Others, you might be able to be like, hey, we can kind of soft tail this in. I can connect. They're open. They're talking. And you want to stay there and live there, right, and find out what's important to them, right? Before you jump into that value story, what you were saying, you've got to find that value gap. You know, what's important to them? Correct. And, I, and when you think about the storytelling, it's, 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 it do, it's not linear. So those of you that are looking for what's the one plus one equals two type of thing, the storytelling has different phases to it and how it impacts others. So you have to go down. There is a system behind it. So it, we're going to get into that. And I think as you see through like everything you do, I, the first example that comes to my mind was I remember this old Budweiser commercial where they had like the, the Dalmatian. Do you remember this? Or maybe I'm blending two oh, different commercials. But, but they had the Clydesdales and they had the Dalmatian. And the Dalmatian thought it was a horse. So it kept trying. Now, the cool part of what I think is cool about that storytelling. Now, they did this commercial in you know, less than 60 seconds. But they were able to facilitate this dog that had been grown, was growing up in an environment that thought it was a horse. So it kept trying to do the activities of the horse. And what I thought was interesting about the audience there is that Every one of us has gone through a situation where we were like the odd duck or we were not the normal thing or whatever it may be. And then we tried to ascend to something that we weren't, but inevitably we were accepted. And I think the whole ad behind that is that like through adversity, you can finally get to a sense of belonging and acceptance. So you've got this – and I think I'm going really deep and maybe I'm completely wrong on it. But no. like the whole uh, concept of this, uh, this, this thing for Budweiser was that – how many of us have been the odd duck, we feel awkward, or we're put into a place where like we don't fit in, and then all of a sudden we're trying, we're trying, we're trying, and then there's this point where you finally get to the apex point of like being able to run out in front of like, you know, what he was doing in that, you know, commercial was, you know, pulling the the, the buggy that the uh, Clydesdale was doing. But I think what, what's interesting is that this is a beer ad, right? and they were able to, the, the marketing people were like, how do we tell a story of like acceptance 
and trying to overcome an adversity type of thing, which all of us as humans have done. And now, 10 years later, I'm talking about it on this podcast because I remember this 30-second commercial from Budweiser, right? right. And now, now everybody's going to go back and remember this and try to pick those because there was a series of those, right, yeah. with, with the class, does, of course. It's really like, so what you're talking about is like, there's a, there's a system or a science to storytelling, right? So there, there's a method to the process without bombarding your audience with a product, right? You're connecting because you're looking, at, first and foremost, you're looking to get their attention, yeah. right? What are you doing? What do you set the table with? How do you connect with them? Because when done properly, in many ways, your audience realize this has happened to me, mm -hmm. right? What, the, what you're saying. Now you've got the ability to kind of inf help influence and shape some of the decisions that they're kind of going through because now you're connecting with them on a personal level, mm -hmm. right? And in the back of their mind, they're not thinking that this is a business conversation, Correct. right? They're saying, hey, Joe or Dave is somebody that I can that I get along with. They get me. Maybe they can help me. So now you're in a little bit of control here about getting them wanting to say, okay, where does this go? How do, right, you, you, you know me, right? And then it's the whole transformation process of saying, okay, do they have what I need? It seems to, to me that it is because they're providing value and they understand my needs. They're showing me now mm -hmm. that they understand what I have or what I need and that they're the person to help me out. And I think this, this goes back to humans' hierarchies of needs. And um, the first one is belonging. So when you look at, for instance, you use public speaking, for instance, right? right. The, the best public speakers are able to create belonging between the speaker and the audience. Usually the three tips that they usually talk about within public speaking is make something, you got to make a personal connection, you got to make a shared connection, you got to make a universal connection. The moment that you are able to do those three things, now the crowd feels that they're connected to you, that they're, they're you're relatable, which is belonging, right? So when you think about your storytelling and how you market brand yourself, because that's what we're talking about. Like, even though we're talking about storytelling, the goal is marketing and branding, right? right? And you have to think about who is my audience and how do I become relatable to them? Because the moment that someone becomes relatable to you, it's a lot easier to say, okay, I trust them, I like them, I'll hear them out. But if I don't know you, there's no sense of belonging. Hence, the ability to relate is very hard and then you can't actually get past what, what makes you different, right? Because in a world full of millions of things pushing at you through social media and marketing and emails and text messages and God knows what else is coming at you, like how do you stand out? So the brain is actually shutting down things until they find a piece that speaks to them because they can tie to it, they relate to it. That's the whole idea behind storytelling. So when you think about storytelling, there's the first thing to remember in your storytelling baseline is that you have a normal, so you've got an avatar, if you will, and we'll get into that too about how that break down, but you're basically bringing somebody through an experience that is, what is the current normal? What is the explosion? aka event that occurred and then a new normal because of whatever product or value you're adding so you've got to think through okay how do, what's the current normal what's the moment that something changes which would be the explosion that causes the new normal so every effective story that goes through any type of marketing is going to have a normal a explosion and then a new normal Right. And that, that normal, for, for all intents and purposes, is what's going on in your consumer's world at this point in time. Correct. The explosion is them recognizing that there was a change for them when they started working with you, partnering with you, or utilizing your service. Yes. And then the new normal is how much better their life is after that explosion through meeting you. 
Correct. And that's usually like the value proposition being delivered yeah. and that like you're actually delivering a mission. So I think that that's really important. So those of you that are like, well, I don't know how to storytell. Well, here's the thing. Change is uncomfortable. And I would challenge anybody listening to this podcast is how well is your sales function doing when you're just going around facts and figures and numbers and all that kind of stuff? Like you're not gaining your your crowd. You're not gaining the people you actually want to change their lives on. So like it's a what if it's not working, what do you got to do different, right? Um, so inside of that, you know, normal explosion, new normal is the framework of who's the identifiable character, right? What are the unique emotions that you're going to have to work with? What is the moment that the thing changed? And then what are the specific details? You know, the thing is, I think as people, we are natural storytellers when we're not thinking about it, Right. We, you mention anything, you tell a story about college or high school or football and it elicits a response or a connection and it takes me back to a period of time. And boom, all of a sudden, I'm not necessarily trying to one-up you, but I'm sharing and I'm getting excited about a story that something that happened to me because now we have something in common. That's just the personal relation and aspects of who we are, right? So when you're talking about that identical character that you were me in this story, right? That, that, that emotion, you said something that kind of got me excited or brought me back to a happy place. Mm -hmm hopefully happy place, but it's not always the case, right? Correct. That moment of what happened at the time, and you can almost smell it through the details, the dirt and the ground, mm -hmm. the rain coming down, right? Your fingers catching up in the mesh of the, of your, the, the opposing team's jersey, right? Mm -hmm. That's all of it. But that's easy because it was unsolicited. But now when you put somebody in and say, hey, let's tell a story to somebody you want in your world through business, they, they paralyze an indecision so that that organic storytelling isn't isn't right there for them. Yeah, because I think what you're you're hitting up against is like intentionality and yeah. authentic, like being authentic, right? So when we tell stories around our friends and family, it builds connection, builds rapport, creates belonging. You actually think about it is that most of us that have been highly successful in sales have really mastered the idea behind mirror and matching. Right, the mirror and matching creates a likability, creates a relatability, and eventually creates connection. Yeah. Storytelling does the same thing. It's a little bit less direct, but like if you can think through now, also time out. Let's make sure that everybody knows there's there are bad stories. Absolutely right. So not every story is a great story. So you have to think through what is my message, right? What is my purpose? And I think more often than not in everybody's life, we don't start with an objective, a, a mission, something that we're trying to achieve, then whatever we do is just kind of like blah, right? It's like, uh, it's kind of like going on a, you know, a safari and not knowing where we're trying to end up, right? Now, all of a sudden you're in the middle of, you know, the, the Sahara and you've got lions coming at you because you didn't actually have a plan because you didn't have actually any objective. You're just driving around aimlessly. So the point that I think is really important inside of storytelling is that how do you become intentional with your with whatever message you're trying to drive home and this goes back to every business um in order to give purpose to people you're going to talk about a value proposition and you're going to talk about your mission and vision for that company right so you get up and say hey my mission and vision is this and here's the value propositions that we deliver but how does that really resonate with people when i'm sitting down and trying to you know make a sale or grab like a new account or something, or even retain my own, actually retention of your current business is actually highly important. Yeah. So if you think about mission and vision, yeah, I just slapped that on the wall and, but there's, okay, they're just words, right? 
I have some value propositions that we say we stand for, and this is what makes us different, but they're just words. It's not until I sit down with somebody and can talk through how these value propositions impacted somebody's life to fulfill my mission and vision of this business. And once I say, hey, Dave, look at this wall. Here's my value problems and mission and vision. You'd be like, yeah, that looks great. But if I sat down and talked about the five people inside my world that my business impacted through our value proposition to fulfill our mission and vision, they're going to be like, wow, I know Sally. I know Anne. I know John. Now it's like tangible. Like you can actually relate to it, which goes back to the framework of who's the identifiable character because businesses are built on the people that are associated with it. So you have to have an identifiable character. You have to have some authentic emotions that happen inside that story so people tie to that because most of us are going to feel those emotions with a moment that causes a transformation to a new normal by using specific details. And I think that, so if, just to circle that plane again, you're going to have an identifiable character. You're going to have specific details with emotions in a moment inside that story that causes a new a, from a transition from the normal of that person's life to a new normal that is better. And I, you're spot on. And I want to just, you brought up the point where like the, there can be a wrong story at the wrong time, mm-hmm. right? So if you, that's the challenge with structure sometimes for people. It's like, I got to tell a story. But the story can be completely missed, mm-hmm. right? If you're telling a, telling a story for a story's telling sake, right? So that that value, right, that you're driving home and then connecting with them on that level sets the tone for your success. Yeah, and I think so. this does take, this is where, you know, I think when we're in our social environments, like personal life, whatever you want to call it, is uh, we don't think as much. Right? Has everyone ever told a story and you thought everyone's going to rave and laugh and die and all that kind of stuff and it falls flat? Yeah, it's because you're organically telling a story with no real structure or intentionality. And then you have these stories that you tell that aren't, you didn't think were going to be that funny to your friend group and all of a sudden they're hilariously laughing on the ground. Right, And it comes and goes, but there's, there's no intentionality behind it. There's no thought. There's no, hey, what is the emotion I'm trying to solicit here? Like, what am I trying to deliver as far as a message on my value prop? And the more that we sit down and have intentionality about that, the better off you're going to deliver on your message, which means you're going to grow your business, you're going to retain your clients, because now they're going to really truly understand what makes you different and how your product or service can really change their life, um, whether it's profitability or time or efficiencies or whatever it is that your product can solve. But until they hear it from a story and how they can relate to it, it's just going to be words. You're right. And I think when you look at stories or what stories you're going to tell, it's, it's understanding that there are different types of stories, mm-hmm. right? So we, we've initially here been talking about the value story. What do you have to offer? What are you bringing? Why does it make sense for them to be looking at you, right? And you're usually at the center of that story. It's your value that you can bring to them. Mm-hmm. Secondarily, you've got the purpose, right? What am I doing here? Why are they here? How am I going to help you? right? There's the purpose story. And then third, there's a customer story, right? So it really comes down to, if you look at your identifiable characters again, who's telling the story, right? So that's the part of like, okay, I could tell you a story about me and the value that we bring through our organization. The purpose of why you might be here, I can reflect either by through myself or through somebody else that maybe I can kind of share with you what they got out of that story. And third is somebody else, third party altogether, telling the value of why they chose me 
and how their life has changed from their normal through their explosion to the new normal. So if you look at those three, there's actually a fourth called the founder story, but I think for most people and small business owners, right, those three come first. When you think about a business, people inherently want to feel connected to it, right? And if we just say things like, well, this is what we're going to do and these are the facts and all that kind of stuff, like, yeah, that'll probably resonate with like a handful of customers. So for the people at home that are old enough to remember Car 54, you know, just the facts, man. Like, <laughs> that's, no, that's not what we want. We don't want just the facts. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's funny to me because, you know, I, the way I look at the world is very fact-driven, very logical. And it's been a journey for me to go through this process of recognizing, you know, and I'll, I'll share it with you. When I was running a brokerage, you know, I looked at all of our product offerings, our, our value proposition and all like the bells and whistles. And I looked at my competition, you know, I started... 2018 and take over an office and I'm sitting there like, okay, I've got to attract talent. I got to retain talent. I got to deliver on value and I've got to, you know, help with wealth building. So it's like, I sat down in, at my desk and I was like, okay, what's my value propositions? We've got train education, we've got culture, we've got technology, we've got wealth building, and then we have customer services, right? Customer products. And I'm like, okay, I know my value propositions. Okay. What's the mission that we've got? Mission is lives worth living, businesses worth owning, careers worth having, uh, legacies worth leaving and experiences worth giving. And I'm like, okay, this sounds good. I've got this stuff taken care of. And then I've got my full suite of here's my tech widgets. Here's my, my financial structure. Here's all the value services that we provide. So I got all my like, you know, all my ducks in a row and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have a great thing. Right. And I was like, well, this all just makes logical sense. Why wouldn't you want to join this, this brokerage? Because like we have all the information, like it, and we have, we're cheaper than anybody else and we provide more value and we're connected and we got great space and we got great people and all these type of things. So I'm like, all right, this is easy. First meeting I ever had to attract somebody to the brokerage, it went, it was like a fart in church, man. It was like terrible. <laughs> they're looking at me and they're like, yes, yeah, so what? Right. Like there was no, there was no connection to how these things could actually change their life. So, so like, you were living in a transactional. Yeah, right. It was transactional. Where you need, what you're realizing is you got to live in the transcendent, right? How can how can the things that we have to offer help you, and why is that important? And I think that's what my real learning was. And in that moment, so like the moment that I had was like, first off, uh, I was like, really, my logical brain's like, how in the hell doesn't this resonate with you? This doesn't make any sense. Like, look at the the brass tacks, right? right? And then I realized that okay, that doesn't talk to this person. They don't understand it, or whatever it may be. So I didn't connect with them. And then I also didn't go into the fact that like this business support that we can provide actually is transcendent and can actually impact your personal life. I never even brought up their personal life. Well, everybody in business gets into business so they can facilitate an amazing life worth living. So I'm like, wow, didn't deliver on that value proposition because I just, just landed wrong. You can't deliver the message that you know is valuable unless you understand their why. Correct. So like it was this whole idea of like, my, my initial linear, like what, what's the most efficient, what's the most effective, that's what I led with, right? So in my linear brain and how I operate, I'm like, okay, if I go through all these facts and figures, I, it'll, the truth is in that. But then I realized after having multiple meetings where it just landed flat and I'm like, this is terrible and I'm not hitting my goal. So I'm like, I'm livid that I'm not hitting my goal and now I'm realizing, okay, let me pause. Maybe this attraction of talent is not linear and it's actually like a, 
a whole flowing process. And it wasn't until I realized that I've got to understand what is important to that person. I got to understand what's relatable to them. How do I get a sense of belonging? How do I get to a unified value thing that they can actually share with me, right? And once they saw the connection and then I was able to share some stories about how the training education saved somebody from being 500,000 in debt to the IRS, that we were able to get somebody on the weekends and to be able, be able to be present for their daughter's soccer game that they never were before, right? That they were actually able to build a team because they never actually had leverage before. But it wasn't about their training on how to build a team or how to save for financial success or how to figure out how to work through the IRS stuff. It was that I shared a story of four other entrepreneurs that went through this pain that they had gone through and we were able to through our value propositions fulfill our mission and vision because we were able to provide that and change somebody's life as soon as i could master that art of how i tie individuals because now it's tangible now you know it's real that it can happen that there's hope that story goes from pain to success but it's through specific details so we know it's real that there's emotions tied to it, that there's a moment that our environment caused a change in somebody's perspective and that they had a new normal, right? You know, it's, it's kind of, of course, this isn't lost on you or anybody else, but that that story in itself, right, of you having your perceived value of, you understand what you bring to the table in your organization and how could anybody possibly not see that, right? So that's your perception. But until you get an alignment with them, to understand what their actual needs are, you can love it all the world, but that's what you're missing. So that, that development story for you, Correct. right, shifted who you were and how you delivered that message. And the key learning and all that, so the explosion for me was like the aha, if you will, or yeah. like the, the light bulb terminology, light bulb moment, right, yeah. is like, is that I was not leading with the audience. I was leading with a transactional, here's my value, here's the tactics, we can change. I, no, I had no doubts that my, my value could be delivered and like I had the best product. But I had to put a different hat on. I had to say, who is my audience and how do I relate to them? Because unless I can relate to the audience and know who they are, anything I say is going to be lost on deaf ears. So know your audience and know what their why is, know what their pain point is. And if you can craft a a relatable story that shows a path forward, a path of hope, right? Because once again, going back to humans' emotions, most people will run from pain, right? They, they, the avoidance of pain is a huge motivator. So if you can show a true story with, weight, with specific details, with emotions that they can align with, and you can show a path forward to alleviate pain with something that they can tie to and it can, they can actually like feel, you're way more likely to be able to communicate your value because now people see it as a story as opposed to what we talked about earlier with just slapping your value proposition, mission and vision words on the wall, that it's actually coming to real life. And if you're able to tell real life stories, it's that whole idea of momentum that if you get one story, then you get two stories, then you get five stories, then you get 10 stories. Now all of a sudden, your value proposition, mission and vision are actually coming to life in human form. And it's not just words on a wall. And once it comes to life and people feel it and it actually becomes tangible, you're delivering on what you're saying and now you're walking the walk. And that's how it gets momentum, grassroots movements, and people see the value differentiator for that product. This is why, like if you think about Apple, 
This is why there's people like actually, if those of you have tuned in this podcast long enough, you know, Dave and I are like, you know, he's Android, I'm, I'm, I'm Apple. But the storytelling by Apple is brilliant because it's created this, this, this rally cry of like, how could you ever not have an Apple? Like people actually get offended about it. They do. But it's I be- love every minute of it. But it's and it's because the storytelling about who is their customer, what do they stand for, what's their culture, what 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 do they want to build towards? And because their storytelling has been so great, they get these raving diehard fans that would literally run through walls for Apple to like tell how great the value is of that company. Now look around to other companies that have that same type of allegiance. I look at um, what's the dog food brand? Um, I'm drawing a blank on it. It's uh, Chewy. Chewy has a huge like cult following because of how they told their story, but also their customer services. Oh, but it's not only how they're telling their story now; it's how the customers are telling that story, right? Yeah. So that's so. Let's kind of look at how, how we kind of wrap up today. We, and we've we've touched on different types: the value story, which is me me telling the story. I'm at the center, right? The purpose, the why. And then the customer story, which has to trail behind it because you're you're presenting a value through relationship and emotion. They're saying yes based off of that and the purpose of where they want to go. Are you delivering on that value after they've said yes? And are you able to capture their story, mm-hmm. their emotion? Right, Because now you've got a book, right? Chapter and verse, value, purpose, and customer stories and a myriad of stories that you can present in the future. And there's nothing better than the customer telling your story. The biggest difference between value story and the customer is just the who, right? There's a lot of trepidation and people, we can connect emotionally through what we're saying. I think that happens a lot, but written word can be tricky and misleading, right? So if you get a referral or a testimonial and you get four stars, great. There's always some doubt in the general public when they're looking at those things. However, you get somebody to speak, record a video, mm-hmm. be emotional and authentic, raw and real, and how you help them and tell that story, it takes doubt off the table. Yeah. And I think for those like tuning in and just, it, I would highly recommend getting Kendra's, and we're not being paid by the way by Kendra. Yeah, we've got to have to figure out a way here. We mentioned a lot of organizations and companies. I'm just saying. Hey, we know it, it's value add, right? I think everybody that's la- listening to this has got to deal with our voices for yes. you know 30 minutes. But right. I promise the book is amazing to read. And it, it helped me as a linear thinker be like, okay, what's the structure? How do I run it, right? Like, how do I go off and do it? Because the goal and the success mean more to me than like how we do it. And this book was just highly insightful because there's like four, if you think about it, there's really like three takeaways that anybody that listened to this needs to have is that when you tell a story, the first framework is what's the current normal? What's the moment? What's the new explosion that causes a new a new normal? Once you know that you've got to have a that type of structure, then you say, okay, inside that structure, I need an identifiable character. I need emotions. I need a moment. And I need um, specific details, right? Because that makes it more real. So those are the first two key ones. And then realize, based on what you were talking about, Dave, is that you've got four different types of stories. You have a you have a value that says what's the value of the product or service. You've got a founder story which basically says where was the origin? Why did we even form this company? Because if you if they understand why you formed it, that story is actually very helpful. Like a lot of people in real estate said, well why did you get into real estate? Why did you form your team? Well because I had such a terrible experience as my realtor, right? Like there's actually or I can do it better. Then you have the purpose story, which is like the purpose story usually has to like rally a team together, the purpose of why we're in business. And that's highly important to understand alignment and drive and progress. And then the final one's the one that you brought up was customer, because now the customer 
inherently causes more validity to other customers because the customer that's given a review has nothing to gain except for the experience that they had and how their life changed. And, and it might be the hardest one, but I think if, if you realize that this process, that the goal is to get to the customer story, right? I think it, it, it implores you to make sure you deliver on the value statement, right? So if you keep that in mind and you're not living in a transactional world that, hey, I'm on to the next widget, I'm out on to selling the next widget, but I want the people to tell that how much that widget meant to them. And that's my goal over and over and over again. Then your objective gets met. You're growing your business. And that's, and that's the piece. I think that the storytelling elicits a relatability and something that makes it one-to-one so that the person feels heard and knows that you can make a change in their life, but they just want to know how, and they want to know that somebody else did it before them. So it's not just words on the wall and actually means something because you actually impacted people. Yeah. So, You know, it's interesting. So I look at this, and for those that have listened, thank you. I mean, we ran a little bit longer today, but this is obviously something that is really striking us, right, because we could probably keep talking and driving these points home. Uh, it's emotional to us that you figure out how to tell your stories and grow your business and, and persevere. And without further ado, as we wrap up our storytelling, I appreciate you tuning in and tune in to next week's when we go into more detail about some other business that uh, that helps with uh, entrepreneurial impact. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.